2: right at home.
0: Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
2: Warning. This podcast involves discussions of a spooky and graphic nature not suitable for children or the faint of heart. Strong language and mature content is present. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned.
1: Hey, Spooksters, and welcome back to Three Spooked Girls. My name is Tara, and I'm here with Jessica. Hey! And today, we have a guest host. You have heard her name before, because she technically has sort of been on in sorts. Our guest host for today is my girl, Nicole. Hi! So, I know we're super pumped to have you on, and of course, you know, like all our little hiccups, we're just going to wing it on how to smooth into this. I guess what we should do is have you kind of maybe tell a little bit about yourself. Oh, that's my favorite part,
0: talking about myself. Cool. Bam. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, as Tara already stated, I'm Nicole. I am a Florida girl, but when I say Florida... I'm talking swamp, Florida, just before anybody thinks I'm cool. But I get to live all over now, and I'm currently in upstate New York, practically Canada. Yay, super cold like me. But yes, Tara and I actually (laughs) usually have mirrored weather. It's like whatever I'm having, she's having, which is so weird.
2: I got out of my truck yesterday. It was 57 degrees outside and I was like, shit, this is too cold for me. And immediately <laughs> thought of Tara and was like,
0: mm That's not- me on a daily basis. Right. I'm like. I cannot handle it.
1: <laughs> Except it was like 45 yesterday and the day before and that was a fucking heat wave. And then by the weekend, it's going to be like nine degrees. <laughs> so this place is weird. Oh, and it rained
0: the other day and like washed all the snow away. I think you said the same thing happened to you. Mm-hmm. And it is currently snowing right now. So, rained yesterday, washed it all away, snowing again.
1: Wonderful.
2: It, I think it's like 63 out, and that's chilly. So,
1: <laughs> I mean, I think we both would agree that is technically chilly <laughs> to our to our blood, because she's from Florida, and of course, obviously, I'm from California, so. Yeah,
0: and yeah. But anyways, in addition to being a uh, fish out of water, so to speak, I am a wife and a mother of two human spawn and a fur beast who kind of resembles the Grim. <laughs> nice. He really does. Tara can vouch that. Mm-hmm. I'm also a photographer and I am a little bit and by a little bit, I mean a lot of bit of a fandom hoarder. <laughs> There are honestly so many, but if I had to name the number one, I would have to say it's Buffy the Vampire Slayer.
2: Woo-hoo. Nice. <laughs> nice.
0: And uh, I also love the spooky, but I have to admit I'm a little bit of a fucking wuss. Like seriously, if you guys ever do an embarrassing stories episode, please have me on to tell you about me at Halloween Horror Nights because we <laughs> Jesus, Jesus. can do that.
1: We can do that just for you because I need to hear this. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> but most importantly, and ending this little awkward spiel, I am an OG spookster. I've been here since sure. this was like a little brainchild. And I'm so happy to see that it's doing well. And I'm just thrilled to be here to chat about creepy shit with you guys tonight. So enough about me. Let's
1: get this Hopefully not shit show rolling. <laughs> <laughs> no, it won't be. Don't worry. So that's okay. <laughs> we'll pump the brakes on awkward and we'll go back to uh, drinks. Though I'm actually super pumped about my little thing I got here because mm. Nicole's already seen the these because I've been doing a theme lately. My husband keeps buying these. They're these little like mixed drink cocktail things. And I'll show Jessica. They look like an ornament. Those are so- cute. They're super cute. This one I'm drinking is watermelon smash and it is vodka with watermelon juice and, you know, red 40 and some other stuff, (laughs) but it's super good. It tastes almost like a watermelon Jolly Rancher. There we go. We'll drink already. Jesus Christ. But not as sour. So it's literally the adult version. It's toned down. And that was one of my favorite candies as a kid. So I'm loving it. They I don't, don't look like ornaments, jokes. guys.
2: They yes, look they like balls.
1: Do. Okay, fine. <laughs>
2: no, but like, I like it does say balls on there. Except for it, you're bouncing it, it, so I can't read it. It doesn't it does just say, say balls. It says buzz balls. <laughs> oh, it does, and it says have a ball on it.
1: So, Jessica, <laughs> hi. What are you drinking? What's our theme drink for tonight?
2: So, hi, because we're gonna talk about dead people in a little bit. We are going to be drinking some embalming fluid. Mm. Yeah, I found this wonderful cocktail on Pinterest. You can make it with some mandarin vodka, sour apple mix, lime juice, ginger ale, and a couple of drops of green food coloring, which is up to you.
1: Ooh, that, that sounds actually sounds Yeah, <laughs> that sounds like a super good, like, summer drink. I'm sure it's probably for, like, Halloween, but yes. it's fruity sounding. Yeah. No, I the, love it.
2: The picture is like champagne flutes, but like the champagne flutes are like skeleton hands. So.
1: Oh, nice. I love it. And Nicole, what do
0: you have? I have from Thousand Islands Winery, which is a local winery up here. They have really good stuff, but I'm having their Honey Harbor Mead. Ooh. it's a sweet wine. It's literally one of my favorites i love pairing it with like a little cheese plate because i'm a classy broad you know
1: <laughs> i love cheese it's gonna cheese say you won amazing. jessica over <laughs> <I>
2: love- <laughs> like when people are like do you want to come over for a wine and cheese pairing it's like the only thing that goes off in my head is you said cheese Yeah. so yes <laughs> <laughs> oh and i will say that um i'm not drinking titos tonight because i can't find a mandarin titos but absolute mm-hmm. vodka makes a delicious one
1: Ooh, interesting. Okay, now
2: that we got our drinks
1: out of the way, I guess we can go ahead and unveil what we are talking about tonight since we kind of kept that a little bit of a secret.
2: I know it was kind of hard for me. I was like about to say it.
1: So tonight we are going to be talking about post-mortem photography. You know, those creepy ass pictures you see on the internet that are like dead people from the Victorian era. We're going to talk about that because it's pretty fucking creepy
2: it is very creepy
1: so we thought it'd be something a little different and interesting and then you know witty us it ties in nicole since she's a photographer i don't shoot dead circle. people though just Probably so everybody is question.
0: tracking
2: i was gonna ask like nicole is this a hobby like a side <laughs> business you bringing it back?
1: oh no All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and start us off on this topic. And basically, if you're not super familiar about it, I kind of have found some interesting stuff to kind of give you a little bit of a history. So of course, this kind of started popping up when photography, I guess, kind of began. And that was in the 1800s. Just warning you guys, now there's a bunch, there's a couple words I'm going to go ahead and slaughter. So get your drinks ready. It's fine. Okay. So there's a style of photography. It's called daguerreotype photography. Basically, um, daguerreotype photography, this was a way that kind of made it more accessible for like the middle class and whatnot. So basically what it was is it's an image on like silver plated copper is how it started. Okay. And then after that, it switched that, you know, like once they started figuring out technology and whatnot, they would print the pictures on like glass, thin metal, or of course, paper. Even though photography like this was super new, it was still, like, a good chunk cheaper than commissioning a portrait to be painted.
2: And a lot faster, I would assume.
1: I would assume, too. Like I said, the middle class fucking ate this shit up. They would do this because paintings, obviously, are expensive. Mm Mm-hmm. The biggest way that they would use this type of photography was for memorializing their loved ones. Because people died fucking left and right back then, of course. And another thing that came out, and this is probably because I don't know French, but we're going to go ahead with it. (laughs) Carte de visite? Anyway, CDV is the acronym for it. Basically, it's photos printed on a little card. So that would be, yeah, so that would be the most common way. So like, you know, at funerals and stuff, how we have programs, that's basically what I connected. They would get these little cards, they'd pass them out to some friends, stuff like that. Because, you know, one, because a lot of the population were poor or photography was just so new. For a lot of these people, especially when like kids died and stuff, these post-mortem pictures would be the only picture they would have.
0: Right. Right. Well, you got to remember back then it was not only expensive, but it was a very tedious Mm -hmm. process. It's not like it is today where we have this instant access to as many pictures as you want to take. Exactly. Yeah, that
1: was another thing. Yes, it was faster than painting, but it still took a while for Mm -hmm. that.
2: The other thing with the photography, it's hard for children to sit still for as long as it took to do Mm -hmm. the exposure. So Mm -hmm. for a lot of parents, this was the only photo they were going to ever have of their child. Exactly. That
1: brings up a point I'll get to in a sec because
2: I got some kind of
1: creepy with that. But yes, (laughs) people died all the fucking time. Death was just considered a normal thing during that era. So something that popped up in a lot of articles, which was just fucking creepy, there was a little saying that I don't want to say they lived by because that's just really fucking morbid. But essentially, that's what I kept reading. It was memento mori. And that means remember, you must die. Which oh, is just, fuck. Mm-hmm. From what I read. And what I understand is, you know, during that time period, it was more like death is just an ordinary thing. It's just like going to check your mailbox. It happens. It is what I it mean- is
0: they were just because death was like you said so rampant and in their face back then Mm. that they just had this comfortableness with it that we don't have you know because I don't know about you guys but I've seen a dead body before like not in a funeral (laughs) capacity and that shit spooked me for weeks right so but back then I feel like it's just like oh look there's a dead body on the street it must be Tuesday
1: Yeah, no, definitely. And that was another thing too. It was with these photos, it's not like they had to transport the body to somewhere else. These photographers would come out and essentially do house calls. They would come to your house and do these pictures. Mm -hmm. And to what Jessica was saying earlier, photographers, they enjoyed taking pictures of dead people because they were essentially the perfect clients. Right. Because of how long they had to sit to take these pictures You set them up and you're good to go because, like you said, kids move, kids fidget. They would get such clear pictures and everything because, you know, there's no movement. There's nothing going on. So the Mm -hmm. pictures would come out super clear. Well, you know, for that time, super clear and a lot sharper. So they'd get a much higher quality image. So Mm -hmm. most photographers preferred the dead over the living for their pictures.
2: I mean, not a common
1: trait today, guys. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, it makes sense. What's kind of funny is it evolved a little bit. So originally they wouldn't do much to the bodies. They'd kind of just set them up how they wanted to. And that would be that they might lay down something nicer, drape it over them, not even fucking put it on them. So I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay. but about the turn of the century, they decided to kind of up their dead people picture game. (laughs) okay (laughs) so to speak they would style their hair they would change their clothes and sometimes I don't even I don't know they would open their eyes which is just kind of weird to me and
0: see a majority of the sample photos that I've seen the eyes are open Mm -hmm. and it just creeps me out so much I right. feel so much better about it being a
1: picture of a dead body if the eyes were closed, but. Exactly. I totally agree. And it's like, and another thing too that I read, I don't know how concrete this is, but I read, I'm assuming after printing, sometimes they would have the eyes painted to look open. So it'd make it yeah. look even fucking worse. <laughs> I read that too. <laughs>
2: But it's actually a very common thing to, mm-hmm. to paint on photography mm-hmm. because, for one, if you wanted to portray like a girl who had blonde hair, that wouldn't show up in a photo so they would color it in.
1: That makes sense because I know I also read about blue eyes showing up as white. So mm-hmm. I'm sure they had to doctor that because or else it looked terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> but another thing, too, is they, for lack of better words, they would add props into the pictures as well (laughs) a few of the popular things was like a drum which super dramatic here just letting you know the beating drum of death of the end of life oh yes okay Mm -hmm. another one was an upside down watch an hourglass and then of course the one that makes the most sense is flowers right because it's pretty right And really the last little tidbit I have to kind of wrap up is kind of how they treated the photos afterwards. So in the UK, they would display it like a normal picture. They'd hang it Mm -hmm. on the walls, they'd frame it, stuff like that. And then in the US, they would either put it like in a glass case or in something like that and kind of keep it more private. Mm -hmm. So I found that interesting. So I guess it's just the way different cultures deal and Celebrate the passing of someone always varies, so I just thought that was interesting, too. That is. But, yeah, so I think I segued pretty fucking well with what Jessica's going to talk about. I'm excited. So I'll go ahead and hand this over to you.
2: Thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I did a little background knowledge because I was looking at postmortem photography in other cultures outside the United States. Mm-hmm. And I realized that it actually started outside of the United States. The first kind of picture that was taken or that were widely accepted that was taken was these five men who were killed. Mm-hmm. This is a story I found. They were killed during this political demonstration or either political or like a patriotic demonstration. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, this photographer named Carl Buer, he took one photo of each of the five men that were dead. Now, the difference was, is they looked like weird and gross and dead because they were <laughs> not wearing a shirt. I looked mm-hmm. at the photo. It's like they're not wearing a shirt are They don't look like they're made to look. I don't know. That's the one thing that postmortem photography did is they tried to make the individual look alive. Right. But this wasn't it. This was very rough. And then somehow it kind of like jumped to the U.S. It was very, very popular in Iceland. Extremely popular in Iceland. Hmm. And the reason for that is at the time, I would say like the late 1800s to about the 1940s, the infant mortality rate was skyrocket. Oh, there was a lot of factors, but to say today, they actually have the l- second lowest mortality rate with one in a thousand. The very lowest is Japan with one in 1,111. Mm. So it's a lot of ones in that number. <laughs> <laughs> so at the time between 1851 and 1893, the average mortality rate was 217 per 1,000 births. Holy a, shit. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. it's It is so sad. And a lot of it had to do with like impoverishment. The fact Mm -hmm. that there was 33% of children being born at the time were illegitimate. So they just weren't being taken care of. So you had mothers who couldn't provide for these children and were probably dying themselves. Plus on top of that, not being able to you know, feed their own children. Right. I think it was very popular in Iceland because this is a way for a lot of families to inexpensively be able to capture a loved one because even if photography was cheap it still costed money and if people didn't have extra money this isn't something they were going to spend they weren't going to go get a family picture done right Mm -hmm. but their child died so they're like oh we need to kind of remember this so i thought that was really interesting and as you were saying earlier death was just so commonplace like people talked about it In today's society, we kind of like if you read an obituary, it's very like what they did during their life, like they did this and that and they were this great person. But during that time, obituaries were more like the dude got his head fucking run over. Like (laughs) he was drunk and was wandering in the street and a horse ran him over. Like they literally told you how someone died. So they were more on point about that.
1: Right. I was going to say it's so much more matter of factly. Mm-hmm. versus now
2: just right and it's even like with suicides they would be like and this person mm-hmm. shot themselves not yeah. like this person passed away like we Almost tried like
0: they didn't have time to make any achievements so your achievement is your death
2: <laughs> essentially I mean, that, you know. <laughs> yeah, or I thought maybe it was the fact that people were fascinated by it I mean mm-hmm. the only way well, that, that, that this yeah the only way this even caught on is because people got some sort of sense of enjoyment out of it Seeing their loved one. And I don't think it was like in a gross way. I think it was they would get to remember their loved one. And today, even from like when I was a kid, like I think of um, like my brother's kids. I have hundreds of pictures, hundreds of thousands of photos of them. Right. And like when I was a kid, it was like you had to get film developed. And now like on my phone alone, like all of them have their own little folder with hundreds of pictures in them. So I think this was a way for families to really remember their lost loved ones. And of course, it wasn't just with children. It was with anyone. Though the one thing I think was weird is that Iceland took a really long time to kind of get rid of this tradition. Hmm. It was into the 1940s. Yeah. Most of them stopped around like 1900, 1910. Yeah. I mean, that's when, uh, like, Britain, the Victorian age of Britain, that kind of ended. Britons were a lot like the Americans. The only thing that they didn't do, they just made their people always look like they were sleeping. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I was looking up kind of more of the Hispanic aspect to it Mm
1: -hmm. because
2: they have an entire, like, a subculture with the dead. Right. So I was really fascinated. One of the things I noticed is that they over embellished.
1: Mm -hmm. I remember Uh, seeing pictures with crazy amounts of flowers
2: and just stuff like that. It was, I mean, these were beautiful. Looking at the photos from that came out of Mexico, I completely understood why they did this because the children look sleeping most for the most part, Mm -hmm. but the flower arrangements and just the costuming, just gorgeous. Mm hmm. It was beautiful, and one of the things I found fascinating about this whole thing is they had this thing called the hidden mother, which creeped me the hell out when I first. I was gonna it. say <laughs> this is creepy. I remember reading about this. I it, it literally like texted Tara. I was like, "Do you know about this thing?" She's like, "Yes." I was like, I, "I do not approve of this." So it it went kind of a couple ways. It was either like just a woman who they put a veil over and she was holding children either like both or one of the children were dead and it was supposed to like calm the living child or the mother was dead and she was holding the children.
1: Ooh, and that's the one that what? just like
2: freaks me out the yeah. most. So they put a veil or like a thick piece of fabric over her face because that way the child doesn't know the difference.
0: Um, okay. So let's just point out how many horror movies have that As a center, like Mm -hmm. a woman in a veil, usually revolving around children of some sort. Like I don't know
1: about that, right? I can think of like literally at least five movies with the woman in black. Uh Oh my god! Yes, (laughs) use your wand, Harry.
2: (laughs) Right? Oh god! Yes. Oh god, I've lost it. We Uh, sidetracked you too much. Yes, stop that. Yeah. OK, so, yeah, it's so gross. Like, I'm sorry. It's just it creeps me out that there would be a woman like especially like it's weird because I could understand like a mother holding her infant child who's passed, like wanting to have a photo. But like the fact that they would cover the mother's face, it was just really weird. And mm-hmm.
0: like, what was the point of that? Is there an explanation?
2: I didn't find I, it was just more of like they thought it was would soothe the children. But see how I no. would have been like freak the fuck out <laughs> right.
1: because like, ah. it's little kids. So you have to think like they would just think, oh, my mom's asleep if they don't know she's dead yet. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like if there's some fucking creepy veil or mask, I'm going to be like, what? Even as a
2: fucking 27 year old, I'm like, what the fuck? Right. I don't want to go yeah. near that. We've also been trained to think that, you know, like mm-hmm. if you look back at like Halloween in the early 1900s, like. Their masks were literally like sacks that they would cut holes or and stuff. So there's, I think there was a different sense of, um, scary Mm -hmm. and, you know, in like 50 years, they're probably going to be like, oh, you know, those movies, those Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies, those aren't scary. And like, (laughs) I cry every time I watch them. (laughs)
0: I don't know. The psychology just seems wrong because everything in me tells me that seeing a mother's face
2: is what's comforting
0: to a child. But no, let's cover it up. Let's. Mm -hmm.
2: Right. Right. Yeah. And I mean, and think about the staging that it took to get these like I was reading and they'd have to put like wooden pegs in Mm -hmm. places and string. And I'm like, that's so creepy. Like this person is wired up. And then everyone Mm -hmm. just stands around them and how it took like, what, at least two to like, what, five minutes for a photo to be taken? Right. And like they, so not even for just the dead, but even
1: for the living, they had stuff like that. Like I know for living people, they had, I saw this like. I don't even know what the fuck it's called, but it's like this metal like bar. And then it was like to help prop them up or like prop Mm -hmm. their arms and stuff. Oh, no. And (laughs) that's why no one
2: smiled, which has Mm -hmm. made this this so much easier because dead people don't smile because sometimes you have to stare. You'd be like, which one's the dead one? Right, exactly, yeah. And they're like, oh, it's the one with the doll eyes. Like, get that.
0: <laughs> going back to the stand thing, has anybody ever like had like collectible dolls, like the porcelain oh, dolls my and God. stuff? Do you know the yeah. little stand and it has a stick coming up and there's like a little loop around it and the loop yeah. goes around the doll's waist? That they had life size ones. Yes, that's Those what I was exactly talking about.
2: Using. Yes,
0: mm-hmm. picture one of your little doll stands holding up your grandpappy because that's what was going on. <laughs> oh, God.
2: Side note, I my parents used to give me like a porcelain doll every year for Christmas. And this happened until I was probably 19. I had to be like, stop, because I'm an adult now. So I have a ton of them and they scare my husband. They are actually like, I won't get rid of them because they have so much sentimental value to me, Mm -hmm. but they're not allowed in my house. (laughs) So they're like in my storage unit.
0: (laughs) Oh, My grandma used to give me one for every birthday and they are in a storage closet at my parents' house because my husband just refuses. They are not allowed to come with us.
1: I am team husbands on this because my great grandma would do the same thing. And my grandma has them and keeps trying to send them to me for my daughter. And I'm like, nope, no,
0: thank what you. What is it with no, old Jeannie. people
2: and dolls? No. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's a thing. It's like you couldn't play with them. They no. They literally, you put the little hook on the back of them, like you were talking about, Nicole, and then you set them on a shelf, and then yep. they stared at you.
0: Yes, and they always have the creepiest eyes. Like and you have to every doll. dust
2: them, like that. You know, that's what it is. They were teaching us how to dust. Because <laughs> if you didn't fucking <laughs> dust those things, they looked even creepier. Because like right, it would oh yeah. I would and dust I
1: swear, them. I swear, the eyes would just follow you, fucking everywhere. They're painted on perfectly to freaking do that. So no, mm-hmm. thank you. Yes, hell fucking no.
2: Every once in a while, like, I used to be kind of like a dick and I would bring them out. Like, I had this apartment and I would bring them out and, like, my friends would come over and they would just be like, what the (laughs) fuck? Tara knows. She was part of that. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) Well, I am out of information to share with all of you. So I'm going to kick it off to Nicole, who's going to um, rock it and give us her info.
0: Yeah. So I'm going to talk about how all of this kind of still applies today. Which, obviously, I think we all know that post-mortem photography, like, as a whole, still kind of has its use in forensics and pathology. Like, you know, crime scenes and stuff, obviously, we're still photographing dead bodies. But, no, it's not morbid anymore. And that's not to say that there's not, you know, the occasional weirdo out there that still does but I do want to take a second to throw in a little trigger warning here because I'm going to briefly be talking about stillbirth and infant loss if that's something that may upset you or take you to a dark place I know none of us want that so just go ahead and skip forward a teensy bit I'm sure Tara can timestamp it
1: yep I'll timestamp it into the description. So if you just skipped from reading that, pause it real quick and just look and I'll have where the little safe zone is to go ahead and continue. Mm -hmm.
0: There are photography services offered today for families who have unfortunately lost their babies. What they do is they come in and preserve those final moments that parents have, at least with the physical form. They are done very tastefully, though. They do a variety of shots. So you're going to have shots of the baby by themselves. You'll have mom and dad and any extended family that are present. They're holding the baby. They're loving on the baby, snuggling. And they also make sure to get detail shots. So their feet and hands, their little wisps of hair, And then after the pictures are shot, they are very gracefully retouched. So they're almost always converted to black and white. Mm -hmm. And they do their best to fix any characteristics that are not necessarily representative of the child themselves, but are related to their passing. I don't want to get too much into detail about that, but I'm sure people know what I mean. Mm -hmm. But I think this is such an important memory for parents to have, even if at the time they may not think they want that, because eventually they're going to have something tangible to look back on and just remember what their child looked like, that they were loved and they were real, you know, because I feel like when you lose your child that suddenly, at some point in time, it starts to feel like a haze, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Another popular thing nowadays is what we call composite images. So people are having photos of their loved ones edited into newer photos so that they're included. And these are, you know, these are trending all over the place. You probably see them shared on Facebook.
1: I know I've seen tons of photos like that. The biggest thing that comes to mind is military families. Military and law enforcement Right, it's very
0: popular. Um, Another way you could use a composite image is if you've seen where they add in wings and things like that. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: These are all beautiful ways to go about this. And it provides images that people can feel comfortable having around their home and showing people. Mm -hmm. Not that I think the Victorians had any issues with it, the old school way, but I'm kind of glad that we're
1: moving in a different direction now. True. Yeah, the way we've evolved with these kind of photos, it's definitely much more focused on like memorial towards mm-hmm. that person. I'm not saying like the old way didn't memorialize them, but I feel like it's just kind of shifted. It's much more, more of a celebration way. of life, mm-hmm. and we're not
0: so much romanticizing the death as the life that was lived. So right, true. But uh, I know that was a little a little dark, but I feel like we should end this by, ladies, we have to talk about this, the funeral <laughs> selfie. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> because oh. according to the internet, this is actually a thing, I guess.
2: Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> I'm a little sad, but yep, not yeah. surprised. Do you want to break it down for those who don't know what it is? I will let somebody else
0: break it down because apparently Jessica. I'm old.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, from what I've seen in this horrible trend, Mm -hmm. and and I'm going to call it out as a horrible fucking trend. And I'm sorry, listener, if you've done this. But as I've literally attended three funerals for my parents in the last three or four years, it is where people take selfies with the dead people in the coffin. Mm -hmm. And as we had open caskets for all of my parents And I should clarify that statement because I keep saying parents and all of instead of just two. I was raised by my grandparents, so um, my biological mother was my plus one parent. Mm -hmm. And so they all have passed in the last couple of years. And so for me, it was a really hard time seeing my family members in Mm -hmm. that state but i have seen some of the on the internet some of the most ratchet photos where it's like Mm -hmm. me and grandma just chilling at her funeral i'm like oh your grandma wants to smack you so hard right now Mm -hmm. i hope her ghost comes and fucking haunts Mm -hmm. you yes it's just
0: now you know i have to say i realize that a lot of times a funeral is also kind of a reunion Mm-hmm. like, especially mm-hmm. for people that don't live close to home. So I have no issue with people who want to do group pictures. Right. Or if you are really feeling that little black dress that let's be honest, shouldn't be so little, and you want to take a <laughs> selfie before you leave the house. Okay, good on you. Like, I don't think you need to title it a funeral selfie. Right. But The thought that people are, one, interrupting services, Mm -hmm. and two, actually bending down and snapping pictures with the bodies of, you know, their loved ones, that is just disrespectful. Mm -hmm. And it kind of makes me sad about this generation.
2: (laughs) Right. We're just so numb to what, and I say we is, and I'm not, I don't feel like I'm part of that generation. There's just this so lack of respect
0: And if Mm -hmm. you need to take those pictures, you don't need to post them to social media. Because I don't know about y'all, but the tags, hashtag this wake is woke. Come
1: on. (laughs) Yeah, that's (laughs) just a bit far. Because like I understand and I mean, I love social media, but there's no way in fuck I would do take any kind of selfie like that or post it. Jesus Christ, like no, sorry.
0: I have to admit I did some recon for this. And I did search <laughs> funeral selfie on Instagram. Okay. And it's a pretty, it's got like 2,000 hits, but it's wow. not as bad as you would think it is. Okay. But whether that's because this actually isn't that big of a thing or if it's just because
2: they get removed a lot. Mm-hmm. I think that might be it. Yeah, yeah,
0: because I don't think that a lot of people are going to get away with dead bodies.
2: Right. Because there, there's definitely things on Like, social media, like, policies that Mm -hmm. you're not allowed to post pictures of dead people. I think it's a little different, like, when you're posting something like a Victorian era, because it's historical. Mm -hmm. But um, for a lot of people, seeing a dead body is a huge trigger. And whether, Mm -hmm. you know, you have served in the military or law enforcement or, like, my father-in-law is a retired fire captain. And, like, I love the show Bones, And Mm -hmm. so does Thomas's mom, but she couldn't watch it because of like the trigger it was for him because he literally saw things like that. And I think also I totally agree with what Nicole said earlier that the group shots are great. Sometimes like that's the only time your family gets together. Um, I know that in the last few years, that's true for my family is that everyone can come out. Like my little brother, I should say my younger brother because he's a (laughs) tall ass person. (laughs) Um, My younger brother, like a lot of times the only chance he gets to come home was for a funeral, but I think that there's a time and a place and that's going to make me sound old now, but younger generations and even some of my generation needs to learn the respect and reverence for other people. So Mm -hmm. that's my, that's my little rant for today. A funeral is supposed to be about,
0: celebrating and remembering somebody's life not likes and retweets and all that I do want to specify when I said group shots just in case anybody had the wrong idea I'm talking about group shots of living people right don't gather around the casket that's not
2: (laughs) no (laughs) yeah no no I mean, I've been to a few military funerals, and some of the most powerful photos I've ever seen is of ca- like caskets with flags on it. Mm-hmm. But there's this whole like ceremonial reverence to it. So, do not bring your selfie stick to a funeral.
0: No, put your Stop. phone away. No. Period. Right. Let's mm-hmm. let's put your fucking phone away. You know that it's not the time for that. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: So now that we've got off our soapbox, Diary. <laughs> no it's not good the fuck with you guys with that we'll kind of i guess conclude our little discussion episode of post-mortem photos we hope you guys enjoyed it now to kind of bring us back to something a little more happy and exciting uh we did get a new patron over the holidays while we Woo! were away And so we want to give a shout out to Jacob. Thank you so much for becoming a patron and for donating. Seriously, we were so fucking pumped as soon as that email came in. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And if you haven't responded to our message on there, because we're still kind of, we're noobs, so we're still learning Patreon, shoot us an email because since you're a $5 patron, you also get a sticker. So we just need your address and Mm -hmm. we'll mail it off to you. Yeah. And uh, with that, we'll kind of hop over to the business stuff real quick. While on the topic of patrons, if you'd like to become a patron, you can go to patreon.com slash three spooked girls we will be having our very first patron episode posting at the end of this month mm-hmm. so you can actually any patron will have access to that so even if you donate a dollar you will be able to listen to that episode which everybody else won't get to fucking hear
2: so lots of cool spooky stuff but jacob can but jacob can but jacob can because he just became a patron so yeah yeah And I want to apologize to our spooksters. We haven't been messing up so much lately and mispronouncing so many words. So I apologize that we're growing up and getting our shit together and you don't get to drink as much.
1: Right? Shit. If anyone that listens to us wants to come up with any kind of other drinking game, because I know Mm -hmm. there's probably all kinds of other shit we do, feel fucking free and
2: we will play while we record. If you really want to get drunk listeners, just take a drink every time I say the word right. Or like. Mm-hmm. I say that a lot. Yes. Write and like your two new
1: drinking words. <laughs> Get with it. <laughs> right. But if you are new here, um, you can find us on pretty much all the social platforms. We have all kinds of fun stuff going on there. For Instagram and Twitter, we are at three spooked girls and on Facebook, we are Three Spooked Girls
2: Official. For our Facebook group.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Facebook group, because we also have a like page. page. Have a like page. Whoop, whoop. And that's just, that's the same as our Instagram and our Twitter. It's just three spooked girls.
2: Mm-hmm. And uh, Jessica, will let you a talk a- about. Yes. Pinterest. We still have a Pinterest. If you have not gone on there and found us, we're at Three Speed Girls. You should definitely check it out. We're putting up things like um, research that we're doing. That's where you can find the drink recipes and all of the actual people who come up with these. Unlike myself, I Pinterest these. So, it's really great. Uh, We're starting other things. There is a board on there about the shit I cook. I came up with a very clever name and now I can't find it. Hold on. Creepy pastas with Jessica. Oh, yeah. I believe. It's making creepy pastas and other delicious foods with Jess. Yes. So there's a couple recipes. So far, I made this like really delicious chicken, garlicky, mushroom, creamy thingy. I put up there my go-to holiday dessert. I'm going to be adding a lot more because I had some friends over and made a lot of little great dishes. I'm going to put my very favorite. We call it corn crack in my family. Ooh. It is a dip. It is fucking delicious. It's an appetizer. Appetizer. It's delicious. And I think Tara is going to start a board soon. I can't remember. I did start one. She did start a board.
1: So I read a ton. So I went and I'm starting to put books I have read or I am reading. I read a lot of horror and thrillers. So not just paranormal. I'm also a true crime junkie like both of these ladies. So all kinds of cool, fun stuff on there you can check out.
2: Yes. And let us know other boards you want us to do. If it's stuff about other things we're interested in, just let us know.
1: And as always, we probably sound like a broken record, but we just want to say thank you guys so fucking much for listening for all the reviews and everything. And if you haven't yet, it would help us out a ton to review us on iTunes because that along with word of mouth is the best way to help kind of get the word out there about your creepy gal pals. Truth. So I think with that, we are going to go ahead and wrap it up. And I know we just want to say thank you again to Nicole for coming on with us. Yes. Thank you
0: for having me. And thank you to the spooksters for listening to a new, new a face noob. around here. <laughs> a new news. We're, li- we're listening I am, to a new face. I am a <laughs>
1: ghost host, not a guest host. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Perfect the, reference.
2: That's grand. I love it. That's awesome.
1: So with that, okay, well, we hope you guys have a great rest of your day and a fantastic week, and we will see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.